The Happily Ever Haunted podcast may contain graphic content that may include sexual violence, suicide, or murder. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Happily Ever Haunted podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Milton. And this is a podcast where we tell you stories of the strange and unusual. Ooh. Back again for another episode. Yeah. And we're trying to be a little more professional in episode three. This is only our second time recording. <laughs> but I gave the dog a full Kong before we started recording. So hopefully she's distracted for at least the next 30 minutes. Yeah. So hopefully she'll she'll stay out of our hair. Yeah. It's funny because she sheds. So. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I hope everyone had a good 4th of July weekend. If you celebrated, if you did anything, if you didn't do anything, that's also cool as well. Hopefully it was restful for you. Yeah. I think we stayed in bed and watched House Hunters. We like <laughs> hit the epitome of adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we decided we weren't celebrating 4th of July this year. And uh, we, uh, we just stayed in bed with the dog and the cat and uh, watched House Hunters all day. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the moment i realized like fuck i'm an adult i'm over here spending my time (laughs) watching house hunters and like critiquing these people because they're saying oh this house is small this house is it's 2500 square feet (laughs) yeah it's not open concept and it's like there's literally nothing preventing you from walking off that porch (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love a good house hunters yes next is house hunters international yeah but 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 nothing is better than love it or list it. That's my shit. <laughs> I swear to God, that's my shit. Oh my god! So did we just become an HGTV podcast? Yeah, I fuck with Property Brothers too. I fuck with it all. What about Good Bones? I I never watched. Actually, never watched that. One. Actually, the only time I watched Good Bones, I was on vacation, and like, so it was with Bevy, my mom, and my two sisters, and you know, Texas hot as fuck. And so we <laughs> we went on vacation in like April or May and I'm just setting a scene and it's hot and we're bringing the luggage in and my mom gets in and turns the air conditioner and the condo all the way down. <laughs> now everyone just close your eyes and imagine the scene. Imagine placing yourself in Bailey's shoes. Yeah. And my mom turns on HDTV and it's good bones. And the the main lady made me so mad because she's walk, walking through the construction zone in like sandals open-toed sandals and she has like um a cartier bracelet on and shit and i'm just like and she's saying that she's doing all this construction i'm like you're not doing shit in open-toed sandals and a cartier bracelet (laughs) (laughs) actually but you know i digress (laughs) (laughs) you digress so hard so hard also that was like a good two or three years ago yeah but bailey's like literally the only person that pays attention to that stuff like she always picks up on like small little details that no one else notices and everyone just kind of goes along with it (laughs) and then bailey's like uh that shit's wrong (laughs) i hate it because like if somebody says that they said something they're like no 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 and i'm like no i remember us having the discussion because it was like this date and you were wearing this this and this and everybody's like i don't remember wearing that right but then also bailey with like because bailey has fibromyalgia and stuff and that sometimes causes memory issues like 
she'll like say something and then like a few seconds later forget what she just said (laughs) at the same time (laughs) so it's kind of funny how you get both sides of the spectrum you get to pick and choose my memory (laughs) yeah kind of so selective (laughs) so are you ready to jump into today's story i'm so ready i am very excited to hear about yours we have tried so hard to keep the stories from each other i think i think we've been successful you don't know what i'm doing right Oh, I have no idea. I know it's in Texas. Yes, that's the only thing I've told you. (laughs) So um, we were supposed to send the uh, the topics to Bevy. It didn't work out so well because it it takes me a while to pick a topic. And so I was just like, hey, what what state are you doing yours in? And he told me, he was like, oh, I'm doing it in Texas. And I'd already picked my topic and I knew it wasn't Texas. And I was like, okay, well, I know you're not doing mine, so I'm going to go ahead with it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's probably the system we should adopt. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like Bailey said, I told her it's going to be a Texas story. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that Yeehaw. I'm covering the first uh, Texas story since we're from Texas. Isn't that? And the story's actually uh, pretty local to us. Um, I am going to cover today Goatman's Bridge. Oh. Uh yeah, it's Are a, you going to promise me that you're going to take me out there? Uh I mean, yeah, <laughs> once uh I mean, yeah, I guess we could do that cuz we can socially distance and stuff and still kind of We could go in our car and just like not get out. Um, um but you have to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can If there's people there, we don't have to get out. Uh I mean, yeah, but I mean, if we're going to see the goat man, <laughs> we getting out of the car. I want to see the goat. <laughs> so, like, last year, at like around Halloween or something, like in October, Milton was supposed to take me to Goatman's Bridge before Corona, before life was shut down. <laughs> yeah. Milton was supposed, well, I had planned for us to go to Goatman's Bridge and do like um, a haunted tour. And then something happened and we were both were like, mm, nah, we're not going. It was like expensive, or it was either really expensive. I think the weather or it was weather or or it's because we had plans that day. I think it was the weather because the tickets were only like $15. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. But anyways, well, I'm sure everybody's loving to hear about all this. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, fuck, plans. Where are those? All right. What are those? <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? All right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like I mentioned, go man's bridge. So let's jump in. Okay, I'm jumping. <laughs> so the old Alton Bridge, aka Goatman's Bridge, is located in Denton, Texas, hey. uh, which is 40 miles like northeast of Dallas, which is only like 20 minutes from us. Yeah, way to triangulate. Uh, <laughs> they don't know where we live. It's fine. <laughs> so the historic Iron Trust Bridge connects the cities of Denton and Copper Canyon. It was built in 1884 by the King Iron Bridge Manufacturing Company, and it is a registered historical landmark. The bridge was heavily used until 2001 when a paved bridge was created nearby. When the bridge no longer took automotive traffic, the bridge became an important link to the Elm Fork and Pilot Knoll hiking and equestrian trails. Today is a popular location for nature enthusiasts, photographers. Oh, I'm a nature enthusiast. I love nature. Yeah. I like making nature my bitch. (laughs) When have you made nature your bitch? (laughs) You know when we go hiking and I don't think I can do it and then I do it. I am, but like, (laughs) 
<laughs> See, when I'm thinking you make nature your bitch, like it's like you out here like wrestling like cougars and mountain lions. Oh no, and... definitely not. I would definitely lose. <laughs> <laughs> no, your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Pick your battles. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's a popular location for nature enthusiasts, photographers, and paranormal investigators. Ooh. There are multiple legends describing how the old Alton Bridge gained the name Goatman's Bridge. The most circulated version is a black entrepreneur named Oscar Washburn. He tended to a goat farm near the bridge that was renowned for quality meat, milk, cheeses, and hides. Can I uh, interject real quick? Yeah, sure. I fucking hate goats, by the way. So I'm interjecting. Why, why do you hate goats? Because they eat everything. Like, growing up, I knew this guy in my high school, and he had goats, and his goat literally ate his front bumper, like, chewed by seven. Fuck. Yeah. Goats are fucking the worst. Keep your goat away from Baby from goats me. are cute as fuck, though. Yeah, they are. But I do have a problem with goat yoga, because <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I understand you're doing- I just feel like doing, the hooves would hurt. Yeah. Like, I understand doing, like- yoga with the baby goat is like very cute and instagram worthy but at the same time it adds nothing to this experience i don't think it's as popular anymore <laughs> i don't think so either <laughs> uh but also on another side note you're gonna find a particular theme in both of our stories going forward let's see if you pick up on what it is when the popular businessman proudly hung a sign on the old alton bridge directing this way to the goat man it infuriated local Ku Klux Klansmen who plotted violence. On a dark night in the late 1930s, a lynch mob of Klansmen stormed Washburn's shack and dragged the screaming goat man to their noose to their noose waiting on the bridge, tightened the rope around the begging Oscar's neck, and then mercilessly flung him over the side. But when the night riders stumbled down to the dark river's edge to confirm their murderous handiwork, they were shocked to find only an inexplicably empty noose dangling over undisturbed waters. The panicked clansmen frantically searched the area unsuccessfully before rushing to Washburn's shanty, set it, setting it afire with the Goatman's family shrieking inside, perhaps to bait a desperate rescue attempt by the vanished Oscar. Washburn was never seen again, and they say, they say, but a vengeful spirit has haunted the old Alton Bridge ever since. Alternate versions of the ghost story have also circulated. The stories include one that suggests the bridge is actually haunted by the goat man's wife searching for her murdered children, a la a la, la Llorona. Another story blames the work of Satanists that has summoned a demon to haunt, to haunt the, the, the bridge. So they just basically summon this goat demon person because what else are Satan is going to do? Not that. <laughs> There's also another variation that predates the bridge itself and may go back as far as the 1860s, the Texas Troubles. So got a little history lesson here for you. The Texas slave panic of 1860, often called the Texas Troubles, was the most serious happening of its kind in the South since the Nat Turner insurrection of 1831. The Texas Troubles broke out in the aftermath of a series of fires in North Texas on July 8, 1860. The most serious of these destroyed most of the downtown section of the small town of Dallas, 
In addition, about half of the town square in Denton burned. The leaders of the affected communities attribute the fires to a combination of the exceedingly hot summer and the introduction into the stores of the new volatile phosphorus matches. Uh, so it was reported that it was a 110 degrees in Dallas on the afternoon of that fire. So it's not just hot in Texas because of the warming. It's just hot because Texas is the devil's armpit. <laughs> Global warming doesn't make it anything better, though. I mean, I'm just saying it's hot because Texas is hot as fuck. <laughs> Not that I don't don't believe in global warming because I totally do. I want to make that known, stated on the record, because I do. I promise. You're just also saying that Texas is just. I'm hot just as saying fuck. Texas is hot as fuck. It's gonna be 110 in 1860. It's gonna be 110 in 2020. Just saying. However, other prominent white leaders suspected an abolitionist uprising was brewing. Although no hard evidence was ever discovered to prove the guilt of a single alleged black arsonist or white abolitionist, many were nevertheless hung for their alleged crimes. It can be established from eyewitness reports that at least 30 blacks and whites died by the hands of secretive vigilantes, but others report, other reports indicate that the actual number may have been closer to 100. Some Copper Canyon cowboys lynched a lynched a Creole slave goat herder named Jack Kendall from a tall creekside tree near near where the bridge now stands, but ineptitude separated the runaway slave's head from his body. The slavers then watched in horror as the headless body raised itself from the creek bed mud animated by voodoo and ripped off the head of a nearby goat to replace his own dangling head still on the noose. According to locals, there are a couple different ways to invoke the presence of the goat man. Local legend says if you knock on the steel bridge three times at midnight, then you dare a visitation from the vengeful goat man. That's I'm not preceded, trying to go out there at midnight. That's preceded by the stench of decaying flesh. Travelers also say that if you cross the bridge without your headlights, the goat man will meet you on the other side. There have been reports of abandoned cars with no sign of their occupants, vehicles breaking down or, or car doors locking and unlocking of their own accord. And some people have heard hoof hoofbeats around the bridge. On Halloween, if you go to the bridge and honk your horn twice, you may see the fiery red eyes of the goat man. There is debate about how the goat man looks. Some report it is a humanoid figure with a goat head and human body. Others report that it looks like a frightening apparition of a maniacal satyr carrying the heads of goats or humans in his hand. So, yeah, I have a picture of a satyr. So it's kind of like a minotaur-ish. -ish. It's from Greek mythology. So it's kind of like human torso uh, but you know, on the head there's goat horns, and then you have goat legs, basically. And so here's a picture. And I picked like the friendliest picture. It as well, is very so. friendly because he has like a flute thing too. Yeah, it's a bit. I mean, because in a Greek, wind. in Greek, in Greek mythology, they're very like nice. Yeah, Cute. but there's there's Nolly. also some some uh uh interpretations where they're uh, obviously not so nice. Huh. 
like uh, this one. Yeah. So, but no one's like seen the goat man like and can physically, you know, draw him and be like, this is what he looks like. All right. So goals when we go out to Goatman's Bridge, see Goatman <laughs> come back alive. Basically, <laughs> that's enough for me. It's a very low bar. Uh, however, there have been enough reports with a high enough frequency to attract paranormal investigators from across the country. The Goatman's Bridge has been covered by Zach Baggins and the oh, Zach Baggins, right? Baggins. Damn. The Goatman's not Bridge. Not like Bilbo Baggins. He gets very angry. <laughs> I know. So sorry, Zach. It's not Bilbo. The. <laughs> <laughs> what it's not bilbo it's not bilbo the Goatman's bridge have been co- has been covered by zach bagans and the ghost adventures crew and but not bilbo and by buzzfeed unsolved in 2017 so shame oh, i fucking love them ryan bagara uh so yeah bugara <laughs> but uh both really interesting the buzzfeed unsolved one's super funny uh, there are opportunities to come and investigate the bridge yourself, and also there are frequent events where you can investigate with a local paranormal investigation team as well. So you can follow our lead and become amateur paranormal investigators. Or you can do what I did and book it and then just not go. That too. I mean, I'm sure you want to go, especially if you're out of town, if you're coming from out of town. No, you're definitely going to go. <laughs> so, please go if you're coming to, if you're coming to do this. Please go. Yeah. <laughs> so, my uh my references, uh wikipedia.org. Uh this one's pretty funny. We didn't Denton do it. We, we didn't do it. We Denton do it. Dot com. Um atlasobscura.com. TexasHillCountry.com and TSA TSHA Online.org. I was about to say TSA covering this. <laughs> yes, the, the people that check your bags also know <laughs> about Goatman's <laughs> They're also coming to Denton, Texas. <laughs> they're also coming with their metal detectors and they're coming to search your stuff. So make sure you have your shoes off. So um a little uh fun fact from us is that Milton's nickname is Mountain Goat Milton (laughs) because when we go hiking he's like it's usually me, my sister, and him and I have sometimes I have to go slow because I get elevation sickness and then like with my fibromyalgia and stuff and like he'll go he'll like forge ahead and then all of a sudden my sister and I will look up, and he's up the mountain, like just running up the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about running. It ain't really no, running. No, you ran. Sometimes you I get, leap. I get, I get a burst. Yeah, a you burst leap up of the mountain like a mountain goat. <laughs> and I just, I just start climbing on shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I guess that's how I got uh, the nickname Mountain Goat. Maybe I'm married to the I real goat man. I didn't. No, no, I'm not the goat man. i wouldn't do that (laughs) but no i mean i didn't even think about that when i was doing this so i'm glad you brought that up (laughs) because i mean i we haven't really been hiking in a minute no it's hot outside where we've been where we have to like climb on stuff because you know how i mentioned that texas is like a thousand degrees this time of year we're we're Um, not summer people 
<laughs> yeah. Lives in yeah, Texas. Yes, I, I literally walk outside for like a second and I'm already sweating. So Yeah. Okay, are you ready to hear what I'm talking about today? Yes, I'm excited. All right. So I am covering the Bourbon Orleans Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh. In New Orleans. I have a picture. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's very pretty. It's a hotel. Yeah, it's nice. We've been into that hotel. Have we? Yeah. Oh. Um, when Milton, New Orleans and mine and Milton's first vacation together, like when eight, we were seven years ago. When we were young. We young lads. We young children. <laughs> um, now we're just slightly older children. We were both 21 and it was our first vacation it was both of our first vacations without our parents, too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Going out of state yeah. with a significant other. And I was so nervous because my mom had, like, convinced me that we were going to get murdered in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, because she was like, oh, I've watched First 48, and New Orleans is dangerous. Oh, I'm like, we'll be fine. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. It's just, like, you just got to be careful. Yeah. You're a tourist. Just don't be dumb. Yeah. So... The building originally opened in 1819 after 13 years of construction. The delay was caused by the War of 1812. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. It opened as Theater... Okay, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Theater de Orleans under Louis Tabry. Louis managed the Theater St. Pierre, but the theater closed due to poor construction. So when it closed, he decided to open the Theater de Orleans. The theater was home to the French Opera. I have a little like old um, poster for the theater. Theater. Okay, is it theater? I think theater. it's theater. Theater. Um, and so they had opera nights Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and drama nights on Sundays. Oh, I'm here for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> However, the theater didn't make it that long. It burned to the ground and everything was destroyed in a fire of 1816. In a fire in 1816. The entrepreneur John Davis decided to buy the land in 1817. He then rebuilt the Orleans Theater but added a um but added the Orleans Ballroom to make it more opulent. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Take me to the ball. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fine, I didn't want to go anyway. <laughs> no. I'm not mad. <laughs> no, you can't socially distance at a ball. I'll turn to a pumpkin at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> it is now the oldest and most historic ballroom in New Orleans. John Davis, the new owner, hired an architect from the UK in the attempt to outdo his competition to have the best ballroom. <laughs> Which seems wild, but like apparently that was a thing. So they wanted the best house at the ball? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it could seat 1,300 guests and it put New Orleans on the map as the opera capital of the US oh see I would have never <laughs> would have never guessed that <laughs> yeah the more you know um, it hosted masquerade balls operas and also these racist ass things called quadroon balls what are those I was hoping you would ask <laughs> So, we're about to dive into this racist shit. So, quadroon is the term for a person that is three quarters white and one quarter black. Okay? So, mi they're mixed. Yeah, but, like, they have to be a quarter. It can't be more than a quarter. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's usually their mother that's like um, mixed. So all these balls, what uh, at these all these balls at these balls, <laughs> all these balls <laughs> at these balls, white affluent men would go, and um, women of mixed race would be there, and they would choose them to be their mistresses. Okay. Yeah. So I have a snippet from Kenneth As Aslaskin's Journal of Social History. And it said Quadrum Balls dances open to young free women of mixed ancestry and white gentlemen of means. According to the lore, the lovely and refined quadroon women came to the ball dressed in the most fashionable gown and chaperoned by her mother. Looking for a wealthy white gentleman after dancing with a man, um, the girl, if the girl was attractive, he would, <laughs> he would be allowed to speak, uh, speak to her mother to make arrangements. These arrangements would include furnished houses, um, financial arrangements for her and her children, and um, it would basically, so they would be their mistresses or they would have them up until they got married to a white woman. These men would. Dang. So they weren't good enough to marry, but they were good enough to fuck. Jesus. Yeah. Dang, Billy, coming through this is <laughs> heavy hitter. Yeah. This is heavy. Sorry. Boy. And the relationships were called placage. Um, so, and it was like they were seen as like good things because they were mixing races. Yeah, at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were seen as good things. Like the balls. Because they were mixing races. Yeah, and like that was like. But like it wasn't even mixing races. <laughs> you like, it's like putting, it's like having a glass of milk and then you put like a drop of chocolate syrup in there. I mean, like, yeah, I and understand like, this. You're preaching to the choir. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to, <laughs> it's an observation because it's not mixed. It's like adding a drop of chocolate and saying it's chocolate milk. Yeah. Because it's not. There were still African-Americans that weren't freed because if you notice, it says um, only freed women. Mm. Mm. So, but only if the woman was good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that racist ass shit happened there. Along with these balls, the operas. Oh, God, Jesus. When I when I wrote this, I was like, oh, I can say this. <laughs> Um, Gioshino Rossini's La Comte Ori, that's one, La Dame del Lago, and La Gaza Ladra made their U.S. debut in the theater hall. Okay, so who are these? Those these are, are operas. People. No, those, those oh. are operas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's three operas. Okay, three operas. Okay. Yeah, made their U.S. De debut in that theater hall. Okay. That, that. The state legislator temporarily took over the building when the Capitol burned down in 1828. There's a bunch of fires, by the way. Yeah. Fires People everywhere. People burning stuff. Um, between your story and mine. <laughs> the first district court held session in the ballroom of the theater from 1852 and 18 to 1881. Supposedly, Andrew Jackson, this is where Andrew Jackson announced that he was going to run for president, but nobody gives a fuck. Um because it's just a rumor. <laughs> oh, so that's not confirmed. No. Uh, Neither okay. confirmed nor denied. Okay. Um, 
During this time, in 1866, the Theatah was destroyed again in another fire. <laughs> oh, wow, every time. It's like, Theatah? <laughs> not Theatah. Well, I heard, like, my teacher, my professor, not my professor, my teacher in high school, she said it's the theater if you're going to the movie theater. theater. But if you're going to, like, a play or an opera, it's Theatah. <laughs> it's not Theatah. It's Theatah. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it theater or Theatah? <laughs> it's not Leviosa. Okay, can I can I continue? <laughs> yes. During this time in 1866, the theater was destroyed. <laughs> you can't change it now. <laughs> I'm changing it. You can't change it now. It was destroyed again in another fire. However, it didn't get to the ballroom. In 1881, the sisters of the Holy Family took control of the ballroom. So here are the sisters. It's the sisters of the Holy Family? Mm-hmm. Okay. So a little history on the Sisters of the Holy Family. So the Sisters of the Holy Family was the first African-American religious order in the United States, founded in 1842. Fun fact. The ballroom was originally used as a mother house for the nuns and a school for African-American girls called St. Mary's Academy. In 1883, they bought the site of the Theotaw. Jesus. (laughs) They used the site. Um, and built an orphanage for African-American girls on it. Awesome. They built a courtyard and playground in the orphanage. The courtyard is still utilized today in the pool area of the hotel. Oh. Yeah. The sisters of the Holy Family were here until 1964 when they had to sell uh, for the need of more space. They had grown from 12 nuns at the very beginning to over 400 nuns when they sold. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's great. I hope. Um, Who bought it, you asked? Who bought it? Thank you. A contractor from Baton Rouge named Wilson P. Abram. Okay. What were you about to say? No, I was... Okay. He built... He bought it to restore the ballroom to its former opulence and to build a hotel. Or, like, make it into a hotel. He was commissioned by the city to build a $7 million hotel. Jesus. Okay. How much do you think $7 million is in today's money? This uh, was 1964. 1964. Mm-hmm. 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 And 56 years ago. And you said $7 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd say about, like... What? Seven times 56. <laughs> That's how you do that, right? <laughs> I'd say like 400 mil. No, it's 58 million. Ah, you overshot it way hard. Off. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Um, so that's now 58 million dollars in today's money. However, there was a change to Abram's plan. The ballroom was made into the lobby, bar, and dining salon of the hotel. Oh, so no more ballroom. No ballroom. Yeah, no dancing. No dancing. <laughs> it's like being a southern baptist (laughs) (laughs) the hotel had its grand opening on july 18th 1966 54 years ago and it was blessed by reverend nichols j tanskovic the pastor of saint louis cathedral oh yeah but the paranormal still hang around even though it was blessed because you know not 
they're not they're not scared of no ghost. <laughs> the ghosts ain't scared of no ghosts. Mm-mm. Ghosts can't be scared of themselves. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Shit, they scare the fuck out of me. Um, there are four main spirits that haunt the hotel. Yellow fever swept through America in the late 1800s when the hotel operated as an orphanage. Many of the girls that lived in the orphanage died from it at the time. But many think that their spirit never left because sounds of children laughing echoed down the hallways of the hotel. Oh, uh, that's like the worst. You don't want to hear children laughing? It's like, so if I had to rank like <laughs> ghost voices impacting my like psyche, it'd be like number one, whispering like in your ear. And then very, very close second is just disembodied children laughter. I want to know if it's like maniacal children laughter or just like cute children laughter. Because I mean, there's a difference. I mean, but if it's if there's nobody around and you all of a sudden hear children laughing, I don't care if it's friendly. I don't care if it's like maniacal, like evil laugh. Like I'm just I'm out. If there's nobody around and I start hearing noises, like I'm out anyways, no matter what <laughs> it is. Like I learned that when I was staying at the Minger. Like I'm fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Along with um, along with this, people can feel their clothes being yanked at as if a child is trying to get their attention. And then they will turn around and see no one there. Yeah. A Confederate soldier can be spotted walking the halls with tattered clothes and a limp. Some have even seen him covered in his blood where his wounds are. Fuck. In the middle of the night when everything is quiet, you can hear his footsteps and his sword dragging on the floor. While he isn't someone I would want to meet in the hallway, he is said to not even pay any attention to anyone around him because it seems like he's stuck in his own time. Oh, okay. That's good. We seem like trying to come at you with the sword. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, The next spirit is known as the woman who bathed in moonlight, which like, what a fucking name. For real, that's pretty epic. Okay. When I die, I need a name like that. <laughs> Okay. The woman bathed in... The woman who bathed in dog hair. <laughs> I was about to say cat hair. <laughs> we have way more dog hair in our house. Y'all are dog shed so much. If you have any tips, let us know. <laughs> on how to control shedding. Um, she can be found dancing under the crystal chandelier where the ba- where where the ballroom was. And I, I almost put a picture of the chandelier in, but then I didn't. Sorry. No worries. Okay. Um, she is always in a large, gorgeous gown, waltzing by herself. Oh, so she's just like dancing, but there's no one, there's no partner with her. No, it's all, it's her all by herself. So she's just, you know, dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight or dancing with herself in the pale moonlight, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> she's bathing in the moonlight. So, um, along with her. A blood stain is often seen close to where she is. A blood stain? A blood stain on like the floor. Oh, that's, that's weird. weird. Yeah. The story is that during a ball, two men fell in love with her and decided to duel for her in the middle of the ball. Like in the middle of the fucking ball. What kind of West Side story shit is this? <laughs> and in the words of K- Karen Kilgariff, Toxic masculinity ruins the party again. (laughs) (laughs) 
even in the afterlife, these guys are being pains in the asses because the stain doesn't just disappear either. Like it, it'll just appear, but it doesn't disappear. So there's just blood. <laughs> yeah. So the employees have to clean it up every time. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> If I what was kind of fucking Capulet Montague shit is this? <laughs> um, and the last haunting is the haunted room of 644. Many can hear screaming and wailing coming from this room. The rumors are that a nun committed suicide in this room when the hotel was owned by the Sisters of the Holy Family. However, the church was neat. However, the church has neither confirmed nor denied these reports. Suspicious. Very suspicious. I feel like them like not denying it is them confirming. <laughs> right. Like that's confirmation enough. <laughs> um guests that stay in this room have woken up in the middle of the night to see a nun pacing or sitting on the edge of their bed. Oh. That makes <laughs> me think of the nun. Yeah. That was a shitty ass movie though. I mean it was a shitty movie, but there was like that part where like they're in the church or they're in like the, the church. Like the chapel, I should say, and mm-hmm. like that one nun's just pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then like she's gone. Like that shit was creepy. Yeah. Um, all the witnesses say that they know it's a nun because she's in her habit. Many have said that when they begin to scream, that she will either just watch them, like no big deal, or when they go to scream, nothing comes out. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Which, like, I'm pretty sure is way worse. So, so either you scream and she sits there like nothing's going or on, or you don't scream and or she sits there. You scream but nothing comes out, and she's still sitting and she's there. still sitting there. Yeah. Lo- I'm assuming looking at you. Yeah. No, she like stares at you. Oh wow, that's wow, that's creepy. Yeah. So, if you go here, stay in room 44 or don't. <laughs> 644? 644, I mean. Depending on how scared you want to be. And this is the Bourbon Orleans Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana. And my references are the Journal of so- uh, Social History, Bourbon, bourbonorleans.com, ghostcitytours.com, and hauntedrooms.com. Man. Yeah. What a story. That is insane. <laughs> I always feel so bad because I feel like you come through with like these crazy ass stories. <laughs> and I'm over here covering Goatman. <laughs> Goatman's scary. I know Goatman is scary. I'm just saying like, like it's just like the fact that you'll have a wake up and there's a nun sitting on your bed and, and you, you may scream. or may not scream. That's the thing. It's optional. It's not optional. It's fucking like, it's like rolling a fucking D&D dice like, oh, chance not scream. Like... <laughs> Critical hit. What does the dungeon master grant? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Like, that's crazy. That is insane. Just add that to the list of crazy shit in New Orleans. Now that you're done listening to our stories, check out this wonderful podcast that's a part of our podcast network, the Straight Up Strange Network. Nothing ever happens in Canada. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Uh, It's hosted by Canada Girl. And it's a podcast about the myths, legends, and stories that Canada has to tell. Uh, so it was Canada Day last week, I think. And so there's some great stories related to that. And of course, Canada as a whole. And there's a bunch of stories in the great nation of Canada. So if you're done checking out our podcast and subscribing and following and liking, 
you should check out Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. Most people think nothing ever happens in Canada, but we know this is simply not true. Do you like myths, legends, or learning about some of Canada's greatest moments in history? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me, Canadian Girl, every two weeks as we travel around Canada exploring haunted places, searching for lost gold mines, trying to solve some true crime, and we even stop to observe historical events and people every now and again. Come on over to the channel today and join the crew by hitting that subscribe button. You don't want to miss out on our next adventure. That's Nothing Ever Happens in Canada, available on most podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. And we're back. Don't forget to check us out and follow us on Twitter at H-E-H Podcast and on Instagram, Happily Ever Haunted Podcast. If you love the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear from you guys. And remember, those that haunt together, stay together. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.